Yo, can you hear me? Yo. Yo, hold on one sec. I just gotta redirect my fan because it's blowing right at the microphone. I enjoy the fan, but like all those listeners out there might not enjoy the sound <laughs> fan, you know what I'm saying? Thick white noise. Oh yeah, buddy. I mean, I could edit it out, but like that's extra work and <laughs> that's nonsense. <laughs> Yo, it is straight up. It's like three buttons and bam, the sound's gone. <laughs> Are we doing do you do camera or is this just raw audio? This is just raw audio right now. Beauty. I want to start doing the podcast with like videos and stuff, but in terms of doing videos, like that'd be sick. I just gotta finish the podcast studio that I'm working on, but like it doesn't build True. itself, you know, and it's we're getting there. Yeah. And then there's you, you're you're up in, in wilderness for this recording. Yeah, I am near Wasaga Beach. There's we're gonna be all looking at some other places tonight. We haven't found a whole lot, but I am just got some some Wi Fi seems to be doing well and hopefully things will go smoothly and this laundry room that I'm in. <laughs> nice. I mean, hey, that's a <laughs> that is a good studio choice if I've oh, ever heard one. At some point, especially if there's other, you know, organisms of other kinds in all the other rooms. Exactly. Yeah, there's been there's been a few recordings where there's just Lizzie barking in the background, and it's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I have a dog. All right, she's barking. Cool. That's uh. Wrap this up, folks. <laughs> yeah. So, how do you want to do this? What are we? Um. I mean, the choice is like with anything. You know, we just have the ultimate freedom to just go. Like usually, how it goes is we kind of just do a rambles in the intro, and like if if there's a point to what we're talking about we just kind of ramble about it and like we try to focus on on the topic but if we get mad off topic it's like it's no worries you know but we have you on today because we want to talk about mushrooms so absolutely where do you want to like do it where do you want to deep dive right into this i'll tell you a good place to start and it's with what i'm sipping on right now have you ever heard of a chaga mushroom before. I have not. CHA, okay. So the chaga okay. mushroom. Yeah? Go on, yeah. Okay, so the chaga mushroom is like one of the most just legendary things that you can find in a forest. And these things are like, they're, they only grow on birch trees and they don't even grow on that many birch trees. I think it's like one in a thousand or something. So super rare like one like you gotta be searching for these but it's basically just a blackish gold kind of cancer ball looking thing on these birch trees and it holds like a huge cornucopia of just immune system and 
whole just uh it basically has a ton of immune system improving uh molecules and all sorts of things that are just seen specifically attuned for the human body but the reason i came across this stuff is this company called uh it's a black magic alchemy they've it's one of the coolest i just heard about it in another podcast but they basically forge these things um as a business and they they sell this they call it like a mushroom elixir and when i heard, heard the term elixir i'm like okay like the only other place i've heard that is zelda and that's that means like, that's the type of as soon as i heard that this is an elixir you can buy i was like i'm kind of in but Yo, straight up, really... same here. As as far as marketing goes, like Elixir, if that's what you're using to describe your product, then okay, I'm I'm listening. Yeah, come on, like I'm also uh, drinking. Potion. Yeah, I'll buy it. I'm drinking water right now, though, so like I'm very interested in what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, totally. But like, the thing that made me buy it is like some blogger or something, whatever, like took like a thirty day challenge or whatever. And she goes on about, yeah, like, really focus enhancing whatever. I don't know for sure exactly what she said. But the main thing was her eyes actually changed color. And, like, your friends and family noticed that her eyes were, like, a darker blue than usual. And uh, the, the founder of the company can explain it much better than I can. But apparently there's just some molecule in the, in the chaga that specifically your body produces it for eye color and that's just one of the it's basically a treasure chest of just magic like body enhancers but and it takes like 20 years to grow these like they only harvest them after 20 years so it'll keep growing like they try to do it as sustainably as possible which is pretty crazy but everyone i've given this stuff to has either immediately said like oh like my vision is your vision a little better or like other stuff like my friend said like oh i can i feel like i can hear like everything really crisp and specifically just like these very subtle but really just kind of powerful just effects on your body but all right so anyways. i've got a great business idea for you ben are you interested Alrighty. all right I'm so if here. this helps with like hearing you know who classically can't hear things old guys you yeah. know so we're talking like lemonade stands in like suburbia for like the middle-aged like house husband and then like go to like retirement homes and sell your mushroom beverage to all these old dudes be like now you can hear yeah that's the thing or who the hell knows maybe we haven't even found the hearing mushroom yet like we've only Yo. discovered five ten percent like there is definitely something down there that like can do wonders like the stuff we don't know coming, that, that's the one thing we're probably going to end up going off about is just the potential for these mushrooms and just how untapped into they are. All right, I'm just envisioning, like, full, like, eco-suit, you know, like, your diet just consists of mushrooms and your body parts have been replaced by Elon Musk. And, like, <laughs> yo... Oh my god. The Dude, newest superhero, once, the Mushroom Man. If Elon Musk has taken out of, out of his day to make some cool happen with mushrooms, that guy totally will. But, like, yeah, full on, like, 
there's Wi-Fi in your eyeballs, and there's like a battle between you know the United Mushroom Society and the the demanding governments, and this is the mycelial web is gonna start making its statement, hopefully in the next century, because up until now. It has been very unheard. <laughs> ben, are you telling us that the mushrooms are going for global domination? Man, I'm telling you, these the mushrooms are the answers to questions we haven't even asked, but also the answers to pretty much life on Earth itself. This is the one, this is probably the most powerful, well... We know it is the most powerful thing that we can do, it, like that we can team up with to prevent climate change and get the Earth a little bit greener, at least if not completely green again, because these things can be worked with to shape human society in unimaginably numerous ways. Yo, I love it. What are have you looked into, like, what are some, like, easy ways that, like, the everyday, like, normal working person can, like, use mushrooms to just, like, benefit the world, you know? Absolutely. And so, there's a mushroom. And it's funny you ask this, because this was kind of my afternoon of setting this up. But this mushroom's name is the King Strafaria, or the other... People call it the wine caps or the garden giants. And this is a mammoth. This is the biggest mushroom I've really found. I mean, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if something bigger existed. But these things are like baseball bat size, just Jurassic Park looking things. But these, they also happen to be gourmet, which is one of the best parts. But these are massive super low maintenance other than water mushrooms that anyone with wood chips or cardboard or straw or compost or any kind of organic waste product can plant once and it'll come back every spring and give you massive gourmet mushrooms that you don't have to pay for and these i think could have so, so much potential in just subdivisions. It's so, so easy just to dig a meet, one meter by one meter patch. Think of all the, the, the land that we waste in just the average subdivision that all we need is some products that would probably end up being in a green bin or in some sort of a pile somewhere. And we can produce like three, four pound gourmet mushrooms to eat year round forever that's a powerful mushroom and i think that's that's one i encourage anyone to pick up some spawn for but the the craziest part too is that you don't even really need to buy anything for it and i have some plans <laughs> surrounding this but this mushroom can be so easily regrown just cut out a patch of this mycelium and or a couple i mean i there's probably a, a really specific procedure to get the best results, but literally just, it can be, most myceliums will want to grow pretty much forever if they have enough substance and, 
you know, one person in a neighborhood can buy a bag of spawn for like 30, 40 bucks and grow it out and then pass it on to every single person on their street. And voila, the whole neighborhood has mammoth mushrooms to eat for free. And like, what would you rather have? A meter by meter of grass or a meter by meter of food? I mean, like, if you're asking me, like, personally, I would love to just have, like, a yard full of edible mushrooms or even just vegetables, like, stuff you can eat, like, make your yard work for you instead of you working for the yard when you're trying to, like, maintain that perfect yard of grass. I mean, like, I keep my yard, like, looking good because, like, you have to because, like, rules and shit. (laughs) Like, I feel like (laughs) as more and more people learn, like, what else you can do and like if you grow like wildflowers instead of grass like you can use less water probably same with the mushrooms and it's like it's now less work and you have a better end result than grass totally and you you've got a handle on this sort of stuff more than the average person that's why you started talking so much but oh yeah yeah what what, what would you consider from the world of all sorts of stuff you grow. If you had to tell one person to to grow something, what would it be? Just or like I mean, if, if if you had an equivalent, one thing, maybe not just like one thing in specific, but like there's a few like small things you could do. Like um, there's a lot of like no lawn options where it's like instead of grass, just have like a meadow of wildflowers. Like let it look you know let you can make it look pretty and it would just be full of flowers and you don't have to water it the wildflowers would absorb you know the water filter it into the groundwater make it all better or like you could just have a full-size garden instead of a yard but like obviously that's a lot more work um like food gardens would be awesome i don't know why like people in places would be against that like if you want to just use your front yard and just grow potatoes because potatoes are super easy like i just planted more a couple weeks ago and like they're they're flowering and like looking like they'll be good fall harvest potatoes and like it's super easy i bought like a big box of potatoes for two dollars and then that one box grew like a few rows of potatoes and then from those few rows were you know more than a few potatoes and that's just on like a small scale but, like, if you don't yeah. want to do work, like, even just, like, if you don't add the wildflowers, but, like, whatever's native to your area, if it's not the grass growing there, like, let it grow up, like, maintain that. And then that's good for, like, the local, like, bees and, like, the ecosystem and, like, work with what's around you and try to kind of do everything, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we just, <laughs> we deck out our homes with every single electronic imaginable and we're constantly searching for this stuff but like people don't it is so easy to deck out your home with organic stuff and get so much like the amount of plants and fungi that can work with you for mutual benefit exactly and just life on earth is so gargantuan and we seem to like, be really disconnected from that. Exactly. And, like, you can do so much, like, micro, like, micro gardening and, like, 
small scale stuff. Like I really like the idea of um, square foot gardening and like having everything close and like nicely in lines. Um, so like that's like the perfect ideal setup, whether you're doing like a backyard or a front yard in an urban environment would literally just be a small scale farm, but you try to pack in so many plants together and then arrange them with the plants that work with each other. And then, you know, it's literally just like this perfect system of plants helping each other growing. And then hopefully the end result is you get to eat and who doesn't like eating? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, I'm not, I have not even done any research, but we've all seen the apartments that are, what are they called sky gardens or something that are pretty much completely have plants growing out of the walls. Like it's so easy to imagine a future where all of our kind of tech and engineering and stuff is just laced with, you know, with the earth's tech and engineering, you know, like nature, it's like we, there's, we're just so addicted to our own creations and nature's got this unbelievably complex toolbox full of just things that can, that are meant for human life. And we're just, we've created this big problem for ourselves. You know, that we have, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> we have nobody to blame but ourselves. <laughs> Guilty um, as charged. Fun fact, though, the University of Toronto has a sky garden. It's a volunteer-run rooftop vegetable garden. I had to give it a quick Google. That's sick. But, like, yeah, like, I feel like if, like, urban development, like, caught on to, like, the green wave, if you want to call it. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, there's so much you can do, and, like, you see it in, like, Europe and Asia of, like, more so like what you said like the sky gardens and like buildings that like have ecosystems growing on them or with them like you can disrupt yeah. nature but like you know work around it to then work with it to be like you know middle ground type of shit you know totally and i think that that's a really that's just, that's a hopeful thing that you know as we all know the the iron force of capitalism and just how you know it's no one's gonna not want money anytime soon oh gosh but no. if, I, lo Leo, if, I love money you know that's why oh, absolutely there are blocks in this podcast where if like there's nothing i would just put in a pre-recorded advertisement being like yo if you want to pay me you know this could be the advertising <laughs> slot, like right here. All right, let's go. Like, here's my email. You transfer me, you know, whatever. What's up? Oh, totally. But I was gonna say, like, once, once nature, once all the stuff we're talking about, once you know, uh, a, a more complex relationship with the creatures of Earth becomes profitable or desirable and marketable, that could be a powerful, you know change in culture if like if, if if you're like the average so I'll, I'll talk about my brother finally moved out and he's had a pretty nice notice is like they literally don't have green bins and the whole place like pretty sure the trash 
but like I got wow. into this weird thought hole about like holy crap, this is just a massive just engine of waste production. Like this is just a gargantuan machine that has a non you know sustainable just mass oh, yeah. way of living. Honestly, like can... any any condo or apartment building that doesn't have like a green bin program, whether it's like externally picked up from like a company, the municipality, or like they have like an on property compost system, like that's just straight up messed up. Yeah, and it seems like it's not just mess. It seems against what would be a pretty intuitive, especially in a city that has green bins. Exactly. It just seems pretty suspicious why that <laughs> can fly, you know? Yeah, like, the University of Waterloo has, like, compost dumpsters. And then, so, because obviously they can't just be putting, like, a small green bin to the curb because it's a massive campus. Um, So they have dumpsters that are for garbage, dumpsters that are for recycling, and then there's also, like, the dumpsters that all the green bins get thrown into, and then that gets composted. Like, it would not be hard or out of the realm of possibilities for an apartment building to be like, hey, let's get one of those dumpsters as well. Totally. Like, it's, and it's not rocket science, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then the, 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 the scale just goes up from there of things that you can do to just reduce waste. And I feel like there's we have the most powerful tools in history to show billions of people like ideas and images and text and everything that the internet provides. And this is a time that we can start to, to really try to spread the understanding of how working with nature is just cooler in general. And I feel like that'll, if that kind of ball can start rolling, the future might look a lot better, but I feel like huh. it. I feel like it probably has. I feel like like more and more young people will will think more in line with that. Um, and then obviously, like as time goes yeah, on, yeah. like stuff changes. Um, but like I feel like with COVID and like a lot more people definitely got out into nature. That you know probably helped to a lot more people like you know, realizing or, like, being like, wow, this is cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You would hope, anyways. And, yeah, pretty much. I, I COVID really, pretty much, for me, was the big switch and kind of turning me off. I can talk a little bit about how, like, I was in mechanical engineering, and since I was a kid, it was all just i was obsessed with speedboats cars whatever and oh, that yo, was just who is directly it? my thing yeah of course obviously that's going to be the most attractive thing to but i got like my first just house plant in the middle of covid i was like this is pretty cool and then from there the ball just started rolling and dropped out of engineering and here we are wow but that is like from one yeah. house plant. That is actually honestly. <laughs> I mean, crazy that's pretty and powerful. Awesome. Yeah. Yo, what kind of house plant was I it? Mean, like, I gotta know now. Yeah. Um, I got a couple. One of them was 
It's called a money tree. Nice. It was nice. like a really exotic looking like have you heard of that? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like with a with a thick bottom. That thing's still going. Nice. And then there was Oh, I'm so bad with these names. Same, they have weird um, names, yo. I meant like a Shuffleura or something yeah. like that. Uh, I, I, I'm terrible with the names, but there was like three or four of them, and then every like every every Zoom class was just watering these things in the morning, and that's awesome. Just turned into some act, just got a little addicting in that. Oh, that it does. Into the forest. Nice. Yeah, it does. yeah and it. that's like the cool thing too is like you spend the winter, and it's like, I mean, you can go in the forest and have fun in the snow and stuff, obviously, but like in terms of like being out there, like. It's, obviously better in the the warmer months and then you have these house plants to tide you over but then like it starts getting warmer and like you've been enjoying these house plants and it's like yo now i can get, go outside and enjoy like outdoor plants let's go yeah i feel that so much and as soon as it started getting warm out this forest near my house that i've been like i i've been going there since i was little just through this path all the time and i kind of was attracted to forests my whole life just in general but i started just going off the trail like plants of the spring just started to notice what they all were and stuff and just all of a sudden came really just aware of like how diverse all this stuff was and like holy crap these things have been here for like millions billions of years like this is just an untouched piece of land and then the mushrooms came and that's where things really <laughs> started to to draw me in but it's just pretty insane the, the like what can survive in these few little untouched pieces of, of land that we live in like the mycelial network is the most gargantuan just internet of the planet and even if the surface gets destroyed it's gonna come up again and Start looking for what nutrients it has to work with. That is actually awesome. Mushrooms will save the earth. They might not save humanity, but they will save the earth. So that is cool enough. Totally. They're the they're the true ancestors. Like, I don't know. Have you heard of Cototaxides? Um, to be honest, I uh, I can't say that I have. All right. I wouldn't, and but and <laughs> it's a it's a, I mean it, it's prehistoric, but it was basically like a before plants had evolved much. I think the tallest plant on the earth was like two feet tall, and you can look it up. They there's a few there's like two images online of them, but it's like basically I think it was six to nine feet tall something around that just large they kind of look like pillars and they were mushrooms they're the ancient overlords of the earth and there is some obviously when a mushroom is that large it means there's a lot of nutrients and like they're the first pioneers of life on the planet just these massive just towering pillars you can you can look it up if you want. It's just prototax Cites, P R O T O T A X I T E S or something like that. But yeah, 
the mice, the mushrooms, like they, they own the earth before. <laughs> that is yeah. That is sick. That is, that would be crazy. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty weird to think that they're like that nowadays. <laughs> they have insanely diverse and complex, uh, you know, species fruiting bodies above the ground, but not like back in the day when they had the old <laughs> nine foot, just gargantuan mushrooms. But I don't even know if you would call those mushrooms. I don't really know what they're technically called. But some kind of fungus, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the mushroom man, yo. Although, <laughs> all right, let's see here. I've got an article from the Smithsonian. What what are they calling it? Oh, yes, they say it was a fungus, we think. A six-meter <laughs> six fungus would be odd enough in the modern world, but at least we are used to trees quite a bit bigger, says Boyce. Plants at that time were a few feet tall, invertebrate animals were small, and there were no terrestrial vertebrates. This fossil would have been all the more striking in such a diminutive landscape. Okay, so I just, how do I grow a 14-foot tall mushroom? That would just be... Do you imagine like yeah, that, that in your front be... yard? Just a fourteen <laughs> foot tall mushroom, like just plop a mailbox on it. Just... Yo, oh, sorry, twenty what are, what are feet those tall. Twenty Yo, feet. That's more like it. Twenty-four <laughs> feet tall and three feet wide. Yo, if you put like those solar panel, uh, char solar charged motion lights on top of giant mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. Oh, All right. and that's another like. Let's go. The light, but okay. So here's what we're thinking: we'll, we'll get one of those on every street blocks, and then at the very top, just get like a massive, just fruiting ball of fluorescent, you know, glow-in-the-dark mushrooms. So we can, you know, we can navigate the streets safely at night and do it in the most. Yo, what if you just you'd like lined bike lanes or sidewalks with? Glow in the dark mushrooms. <laughs> but you can. That would like, yeah, get like a just. They're called. You can cultivate them. You can buy grow kits for those. Like, all right. You literally need just a strip of some sort of substrate that's gonna last. That would be the most. Like you could just have long, clear, like PVC pipes or something, lining sub streets, buildings, you name it. Yo, Christmas that, that Christmas maybe... lights, but mushrooms. Oh, dude. Uh-oh. Some oh, sort God. of, like, Yo. massive engineered mushroom tree <laughs> with glowing fruiting bodies at its tips. But imagine that. Imagine, like, just, like, the substrate could be push through one end or like pressurize so it would keep moving very slowly over the months. Some system you leave up and like the mushrooms could be triggered to grow just for the night and they pop up, they glow, it catches them all. Next morning, humidity, whatever. 
obviously you have to get something going, but this is just one of the few. It's you can throw the word mushroom at pretty much any problem, and chances are they have something to offer, especially right. for problems we haven't asked about. All right, here's a hypothetical for you. Yeah. So my truck runs on gasoline. I know. Boo, I drive a pickup truck. Um, just waiting for those, like, decent electric ones to come out, and then, like, I swear I will I will trade in. Um, Absolutely. But, yo, there's, I know there's uh, one company, like, I got stocks in. They turn waste into biodiesel. So, like, obviously, like, I or anyone could have, like, a diesel truck oh. and then, like, get, you know, waste fuel. But, like, how could we use mushrooms? Can we, like, power cars with mushrooms? Is that possible? Yeah. And I would not be remotely surprised if it is. Because mushrooms have... my All mycelium has basically, like, a gland of liquid at the end of it when it grows. And at the end of that, that gland is where the magic happens. Because it is constantly... At the tips of this vast web, like coming up with enzymes and chemicals and molecules that can break down whatever it's in and turn it into nutrients. But one of the most incredible things is oyster mushrooms, which is a, a type that I'm cultivating. They are kind of renowned for being one of the most versatile mushrooms in terms of substrates, and they will just consume anything and they can. They just have a really large toolbox of enzymes and chemicals that can break down nutrients for them. And they were able to use either petroleum or diesel waste of some sort. Just a massive pile of just dead, you know, by fuel or oil byproduct. They turned this whole thing, they inoculated it with oyster mushrooms, and the oyster mushrooms devoured these oils, these hydrocarbons, no and the entire pile just fruited into the largest oyster mushrooms imaginable. And when they're large, that of course means they have a lot of nutrients, and the mushrooms attracted bugs, the bugs attracted birds, and sooner or later, this pile of stinky waste was turned into a literal ecosystem. So just think of the, the harnessing power of, you know, mycelium that can manipulate, you know, carbon and hydrocarbons and just the, the basis of, you know, the, the fuel we use today. There was an answer waiting out there somewhere. You know, hopefully, and I hope, like, whether it be us or, like, somebody else, I hope somebody, like, looks and finds it. I mean, now, hear me out. This yeah. might sound crazy. Like, if you took those oyster mushrooms that, like, ate the oil and, like, the gas and stuff, yo, use those oyster mushrooms to then, like, power vehicles somehow, you know? Because then it's like yeah. you got mushrooms and oil in there. That's got to be, like, super, like, yo, that's, like, UFO technology right there, oh, okay? Yeah. We just discovered, Maybe. you know, how to get... yeah. That is how Maybe we're going to get people to Mars, Ben. All right, let's go. <laughs> Dude, an exhaust system. That, <laughs> instead of using different sized valves, uses mushrooms to 
eat your exhaust. <laughs> yeah, that would. <laughs> you just had a bunch of oyster mushrooms <laughs> dumping out of your butt. Yo, that, I'm just imagining you're just you're cruising down the 401, and all of a sudden you see you know red and blues behind you, and it's just like the OPP and the Ministry of Transportation, and they pull you over, and they're like, "Sir, why is your car so loud? Yet like we don't see any like exhaust fumes. Like what's going on here? Like we're doing a full inspection." And they'd be like, oh, we're going to have to ticket you. You don't have a catalytic converter, and that's against the Highway Traffic Act. And you'd be like, well, you see, sir, I have a mushroom farm underneath my vehicle here, and it's uh, filtering my uh, my engine exhaust. Okay, son, we're going to uh, just take you to the uh, the mental hospital. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when you get to the mental hospital, the, the mushroom cops in there, you know, high-powered mushroom exhausting vehicles will show up and tell them how it is hopefully yeah now we have mushroom mushroom cops so like that is that solving like the policing issues do mushrooms okay oh wow. boy that'd be crazy i mean if they're 24 feet tall if like that giant mushroom condo building is running at me saying Put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest. I'm probably going <laughs> here's, to listen. I here's a concern. Uh oh, a concern. All right, let's hear it. Uh, this this just sparked in my head just now. So we have, you know, we got the AI just machine about to wake up, right? And we have the ancient, you know, mycelial network of Earth that provided all life, and energy, and nutrients and complexity. And what if, you know, when AI comes, like, we're just, we're, we're not even going to, our species is going to end somehow, hypothetically, and by end might just mean upgrade to the point where we're not even technically a human anymore because we're, you know, connected to machines. But what if the machines became aware of mycelium? Who would win? This Whoa. ancient ancient just you know soul of all life on earth or the new biotech you know wrath of inorganic life itself i mean i'm pretty sure uh we would win because remember it's about i don't know half an hour ago we were we were talking about the help of Elon Musk or somebody, you know, combining robotic body parts with the mushrooms. So now you're saying the robots are fighting the mushrooms. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know well, who would win. Like that would that just would, be. <laughs> how would they find out? But like, I'm not sure. I mean, no. if we have Agriculture. a. Sorry. Sorry do we have enough time uh, before, you know, this happens to, like, get Hollywood to make a, like, Michael Bay movie about, like, the mushroom versus uh, robot war? Because I would definitely go to theaters to see that, I think. I I think we need a team working on that. I agree. To just plant the seed for, you know, just, you know, just a warning. There's going to be a, a battle between life and machine itself in the next century yeah but like i'm saying let's have let's have fun with it as a you know 
a good movie, you know. Yeah. While we came in. <laughs> yeah, let's laugh about it while we don't have to spectate it. Yeah, I mean, up until the day it kills us, you know, we can make fun of it. Because, like, if you can't laugh about it, yeah, it just sucks, you know. <laughs> to, to put it to yeah. put it simply, that just just sucks, dude. Yeah, it's gonna suck. Climate change is yeah. Yo, but Definitely. it's okay. It's I will be at I will be at the front of it, you know, not you know leading the way too much, but like I will be there cracking jokes until the end. Definitely. I've, I've, once, I've got humanity you know, once, there. Once our bodies are consumed by the mycelium anyways, we'll pretty much be at the frontier of the fight in the first place. Well, there you go. And I could only get funnier <laughs> if I'm absorbing myself and upgrading. You know, I will, I think, only get funnier with mushroom abilities. Yeah, I think you might. <laughs> I think you'll, you'll definitely wake up with a even more complex toolbox of comedy and entertainment skills <laughs> but uh god bless the, so, no, you. So, uh, we got a fan over here absolutely uh, something that popped into my head during that conversation was the prospect of mushrooms on other planets and there's a lot of that out there i don't think there's any uh, I, it's it's a debate with no backbone, but it's an idea out there that mushrooms came from space and some spores just floated down one day. There you have it. Life erupted. But, I mean, I don't it, know. Mushroom spore in space, it's a long way to go. But, was, uh, I don't want to get too, like, deep in anything, but, like, was Jesus a mushroom? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> On the topic of that, yeah. There's a lot of speculation out there about how <laughs> a lot of a lot of just you know, effects of culture and religion and stuff like that that might have been poor interpretations of mushrooms or other psychedelic trips. That's definitely something Damn. that's Yo, there is that too. Over. True. So yeah, <laughs> Jesus uh, might, might be not a have been a mushroom, but Jesus might have yeah. had some mushrooms. <laughs> Definitely a question mark. What he was up to. That doesn't ruin. <laughs> that does not ruin religion for me, to be honest. Like, if the Pope came out tomorrow, or like any religious leader of any religion was like. Yeah, guys. Uh, we got some. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, okay, I'm listening. I'm all right. I'm I'm back in. I think. You know, it almost sounds more exciting, really. The existing numbers. Let's see, but like that's that's something I don't know. Have you something I watched recently that I should have watched a while ago? Like, the documentary, I think I might have told you about it, but they touch on on religion a bit in that really well. Describe it. Exactly, but 
they had like a, a segment just about how the Pope or whatever, the Catholic Church supports, you know, the research of psilocybin and how it could be, you know, like, why not just have a, like, an open mind to yep. a, 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 like, a, a deep, you know, what's up? Exactly. There is that too. I'm just saying, um, they could, you know, when they hand out the communion or the wine at church, you know, they could slip you a little something extra. And then when, you know, the priest is delivering the sermon, you just float away. That would be. That would be quite the church. Yeah. For legal reasons, that was a joke. Definitely. But. (laughs) (laughs) But. And, you know, a fairly, in the in the realm of religion, a fairly, you know, an idea worth consideration. Anyways, one thing we could talk about is Mr. Lion's Mane Mushroom. Because this is one that I really think is going to blow up in the future. Alright, let's hear all about the Lion's Mane. So the lion's mane mushroom, it's basically, you might have seen pictures of it, it's like a a big, dense ball with, like, spline, like, kind of tentacle-ish, um, just thick hairs coming off of it, and it's kind of wood-loving, It'll you'll see it on stumps in the woods a lot, and woods people, as they're called, used to, you know, harvest and forage for them, and they, it would be a, just a delicacy of the forest. But it's a really popular one within cultivators, and it was the first one I actually started growing. And this stuff is like I'm telling you, man, this is the this is the burger, the chicken leg, the anything meat related of the future. Because this stuff is like just inherently the most strangely tender, delicious, like meat resembling food. I've ever come across. Not to mention its brain boosting functions. And we can touch on that more. But I basically just fried some of this stuff up the first harvest, just in a pan. And it had this really, it basically just cooks like a meat, like it browns up and had a kind of just similar texture to chicken or like a, a rare steak or something like that. But a lot of people will marinate them, treat them like steaks, put them in a burger. You know that? But I'm telling you, business, there, there, there's a there's a pretty sound business idea as a restaurant that bases a lot of their, their food off of this. But basically, imagine being given a burger that is the best burger you've ever had, and then someone tells you that's not actually beef, it's a mushroom, and it tastes better than beef. And then they tell you, you know, your memory might improve now and you might feel more focused this afternoon because this thing has been proven to have, you know, brain growing effects. That's pretty damn cool. You know, straight up, if you had a restaurant with like any decent kind of land around you, like picture even the park, the concession stand, could we could just straight up be growing these mushrooms 
all around the park, and then you could just like fry up the burgers and sell them. Like no overhead, no transportation, just like anywhere who would want to do that. You could just grow mushrooms, cook them, and sell them. Like that is that would be incredible. Right, like you know, like save the world and have a good time doing it. Like I can, you yeah. can argue, you know. That's just what so many mushrooms do. Is they take something that you know someone's profiting off of shipping to you overseas, and they give it to you for free and renewably. And like, come on, having a a lot of you know basically. Something growing in your house that's better than meat for free. Yeah, like, that's an attractive idea. Yo, okay. Um, I so I googled like a grow kit. Do you have yeah. any recommendations on where to like order from? Yeah, yeah. Um, I got my first bag um off of Amazon. I wouldn't actually recommend Amazon though because <laughs> mycelium, um, if it's sitting for too long before it fruits, it could not perform as well as it would later on. And you'd better off go somewhere like Grow Mushrooms Canada or just there, there, there's a lot of Canadian <laughs> Yo, I'm places. On, I'm on GrowMushroomsCanada.ca right now. And that's why oh, I was like, I'm like, yo, I'm going to ask Ben, like, what he thinks, because uh, low stock right now, it sounds like they're growing more. But, like, yeah, that's why yeah. I was like, yo, I'm just going to double check, see if there's any other options. But, yeah, that's a good price, twenty five ninety nine for a four-pound totally. bag. Like, yeah, and you just put that in, like, a humidity tent or something, and wham, you got... Yo, for $3? Large fruiting. You get one from them. True. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of places in Canada that have, uh, you know, just quality spawn that, you know, anywhere that's sold out of anything means that they're they're really moving it and it's it's not sitting anywhere for too long. That's so good. yeah, definitely go just somewhere. There's there's just type in honestly, there's like three or four places in Canada that will give you good stuff. Right on. But uh, I mean, it's yeah, only a I'm, one to two delay week right now, and like you can't really complain about that. Yeah, honestly. And it's oh, yeah, they sell soy food. wax, too. Cool. Soy wax, awesome. You can also get uh, plug spawn, which I also I got some of the other day. And it's basically, if you have any logs, uh, you just drill a hole, tap one of these in, cover it with wax, and no sterilizing, no nothing. You're going to have mushrooms in, in a week or Yeah, so, like, for 50 totally. bucks, I could be growing mushrooms. Another really... Um, Good place is Fungi Perfecti. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Paul Stamets. I have not, sir. Um, yeah, he's like a he's one of the most famous mycologists. Or I don't know exactly what title is called, but uh, yeah, that's his company, and he's it's based in uh, Oregon, I think. But that's a really renowned that. Uh, uh, and reliable place to get kind of growing kit anything. All right, that's good. I shall look into that too. Yeah, yeah, they also have uh the lion's mane. They have it in um 
that you plug spawn, what would you recommend, like, doing the uh, mushroom plug spawn or grow kits? So I actually haven't grown out plug spawn yet. Uh, I, like, literally just today got some... I actually got Landsman's plug pond just because... Plug spawn. Um, so I wouldn't. I guess it doesn't really matter. You can try whatever. They'll. I've like. There's enough. Fair enough. Of, Fair there's, enough. there's a. There's an ocean of resources that people have done all that. But um, yeah. The I guess just the only thing I'd really recommend about first kids is don't order on Amazon because my uh the linesman I got wasn't really yielding as well as I was hoping to and that's that why sucks. I ended up just buying a second strain and that can kind of happen if you let it sit too long which I would not be remotely surprised if it was in some Amazon warehouse for way too long but yeah, yeah. most things would be sad yeah yeah <laughs> lion's mane is a is a favorite that is what I'm planning on growing a lot of Nice. But another one we can talk about, King Oysters, which I just picked up recently too. But these are what I'm going to be using for mushroom bacon. They're like really kind of thick, smaller than uh, the, the Garden Giants I was talking about earlier. But yeah, they're a, they're a popular one in restaurants and stuff. It's another just really meaty uh, stemmed mushroom. Okay, mushroom bacon. All right, I'm sold. The dog is sold. Oh, yeah. I think everyone is you know, sold. Once you bring bacon you get, into it, that's how you win over the populace. <laughs> What's a mushroom burger without mushroom bacon on top? Dude. BLT. <laughs> you Absolutely. know? And wait till we get talking about mushroom jerky. That stuff. Okay. We'll be here down the line. Um, a lot of people, there's, there's one company, and the name's not coming to me. But if you just type in mushroom jerky, there's one company that makes it. I think they have like three flavors or something. But it, it, like by the looks of it, I have not tried it, but looks like some pretty genuine. I, I've heard good things. So we'll see how mushroom noble. jerky compares to jerky made from a cow. All right, noble jerky. Yo, okay, that looks good. Yeah, it looks pretty. I mean, it looks like jerky. Yeah. Oh, this one's made with soy protein, not the mushroom. So, next. I mean, this other vegan one does still look pretty good, but... Uh, what's your... Uh, have you tried Beyond Meat? I have not. I'll be real with you. Um, Fair enough. I'll, I've... I've looked at the grocery store, like, uh, several times to think about grabbing them, but, like, just from a price point, oh, totally, just, yeah. it's just, like, it's not even worth it for me to try it once, because it's, like, the price point is so ridiculous that it's not, why would I buy, you know, two burgers for $10 to try them, yeah, like, yeah. the burgers I know I like, I can get for, you know, a way better deal. I know that's, you know, horrible, but... No, no, it's, it makes, such is life. makes sense. And, like, if I'm going to, like, McDonald's or something, like, I'm already scared enough of what I'm eating. <laughs> I don't want to be, like, you know, more scared than I have to be. Yeah. 
Gotcha. You know. Yeah, no, I'm just interested in people's opinion on it because I think it's great, and like it should be more like widely available. But I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, I just... obviously, we got to get the price down, but when the day comes, yeah, I don't know. I've had it a few times, and every time it's been like, I bet this could fool pretty much anyone. Nice, that's good. But I mean, I feel like there's so many other plant-based foods that'll oh yeah that'll be developed over the years that it's not like we're gonna have to rely on it yeah i'm also like picky like that other like vegan jerky i looked at like some of the ingredients of like the ones like the things that aren't meat are just like obviously there's more ingredients in it because it's not just meat and meat has more ingredients than just meat depending on where you're you right, know, right. shopping or where you're going or whatever but like there's a lot more like different additives just to like make it into a patty, yeah. it seems. But like that's okay on like one hand it's just like I'm picky with like some ingredients no matter what it's in. Um Right, right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that. I'm just like also like super brainwashed, you know, I was raised a meat eater and meat's delicious. Oh yeah. You know? I know it's bad no, for the I planet, but like, yo. Oh, of course, and I mean we. I am interested in trying to at least try a vegan diet down the line, but I mean when you're living with you know meat eaters, obviously you're gonna. It's not really worth the hurdle to a lot yeah. of people, including myself. But I, uh, I feel like I would also never go like fully vegan. Like I would totally still eat chicken, but like I would. Yeah. I would be down to raise my own chicken if like someone else could kindly cut off their heads for me and you know (laughs) you chew that shit and then i'll cook them but like someone else do the gross parts but like i'll raise the chickens but like i'll still eat meat but i'll reduce all that like carbon impact you know yeah you'll be the the mystical you know guy doing the lives yeah yeah but yeah that too like it's not even like there are ways to like graze land with cattle and the other animals basically trying to replicate just nature that I don't know if you've I might have mentioned the documentary Kiss the Ground. Yes, yes, that we covers were talking it really about that, well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that covers that really well. Just about how sustainable you know, what like cattle uh agriculture is a, a possible thing. And it all just, you know, kinda ties into a big idea of just cooperating with nature and trying to exactly. get back on track with what has been, you know, the way of how it's gotten done for billions of years. Yeah, I, I started watching it and, like, I didn't finish it because, like, I was only watching a bit before bed or whatever. And Yeah. But, like, they were talking about, like, topsoil and stuff and I was just, like, pissed off, you know, to be honest with, like, what they were saying because, like, it was all true and, like, factual and it's just, like, you know, that is just enraging. I know, right? Like, like my God, there's a there's a, there's documentaries like that. A lot of another one is um, oh the names not coming to me, but it, it's basically about like overfishing and the fishing industry. I can I'll I can send you I, whatever it is afterwards. But uh, that was that was a painful. Just you you don't you're not a a happier person after watching something like that. 
Oh God, but no! Thankfully, I'm... they're on Netflix, so yeah. people can get the word around. Oh yeah, I've done a lot of reading about like oceans and like fisheries and like how bad it is, and I don't eat that much fish anyway, so I don't. You know, yeah, my yeah. my soul feels somewhat okay, but yeah, it's, <laughs> but it, it's like like personally, you know, I feel ashamed. It's like whole society of what it's come to but like oh, of course it's just well, i feel like yeah how they how they yeah. do how they do the ocean <laughs> it really is and that's uh it's a gruesome thing once you start looking especially with just controlling one species to think that it won't eat more of another species so we have more of that one that goes on all the time but yeah, that's a, a a big thing I learned recently was how like much carbon is stored in like the underwater kind of coral forests or whatever you want to call them, and just fish life in general. Like, just the carbon equilibrium has been so perfectly attuned for millions of years, and you know if we can just get everything back in the ground, that's like the the best way of preventing climate change cycle back to that conversation that somehow (laughs) let's uh let's get to work then yeah let's do it i got you know my neighbor i already had you know a lot of like gardening tools and stuff but you know she just gave us another shovel if that helps you know one more shovel to uh start putting things back in the ground and uh digging holes plant trees let's go man i'm telling you we got to start, you know, just popularizing growing shit. Honestly. Popular. And, like, not it's just gonna... trees, because, like, look at, like, so many corporations. They're just like, oh, like, we're offsetting our carbon emissions because, like, we planted a tree. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we can't. And... We can't save the world with just trees alone. I'm not saying don't plant trees. Like, plant as many trees as we possibly can. But, like, you got to do more than yeah. just, like trees you know i know and there's so much there's things that take you know a tiny fraction of the time it takes to grow a tree to grow that you're gonna have immediate rewards for exactly yo what can we replace christmas trees with that's like quick growing you know and like what about those tall mushrooms could those become christmas trees you know have to do a little bit of genetic uh, work to get those mushrooms back, but hopefully we can. But I don't know a whole lot about it, but apparently bamboo is a magical, you know, well, I guess it's considered a grass. <laughs> but yeah. if we could get some sort of quick-growing hybrid bamboo mycelium, uh, you know, fluorescent mushroom fruiting tree of sorts, that would be pretty damn cool. Weird. I don't know much about that. I, I think we just won life. Well, you did with that idea specifically. I think yeah. that's that's the idea of ideas, right there. I think that's that's the Christmas I want to celebrate yes. in the future. Yes, yo, and then yo, full circle, right there, because now we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, who may or may not have just been on mushrooms by literally having this like super mushroom tree that is just incredible all right yes and uh that that all ties up perfectly
That's called perfection right there. Yeah, and don't even get me started on the festivities of this holiday. My God. Oh, I will. There's going to be some, <laughs> some, some Christmas mushrooms, or I don't know what we're going to call this, but it's going to be some gourmet delicacies whipped out of this. Oh, this for sure. get together. For sure. It will not <laughs> be dairy milk and cookies being left out for the new Santa Claus. Will not. It will not be, you know, all and, the the liver, you know, defeating ho hos of the, you know, Christmas. Have you heard about uh, yeah, it's Coca Cola. No, oh, yeah, I'm Coca-Cola. not sure what you're talking about, but we'll go on. Um, okay, do you know Amanita muscaria or Flyger, like the red mushrooms, like with the dots all over them? Of course, the cool looking ones, of course, the 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 pot, like. Everyone's seen those, but yeah, you don't like, seem have, to remember you, where, you know? Have like you they even, kind of get in your head. Have you even played Minecraft, bro? Like, Oh, <laughs> my Minecraft hours are, are embarrassingly low, but... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, is that's like a... There's some thing, you'll have to look it up, I don't know a whole lot, but about how Christmas was some misinterpretation of a guy who would feed his reindeer these mushrooms and there is a guy okay do you have you ever watched okay you know what i'm gonna stay on the subject for one second there's like a guy who basically some sort of scientist like was interested studied this and fed these reindeer these mushrooms and then i think he drank their pee to see what effects it would have (laughs) But uh, the reason I know this is a show called Hamilton Morse's Pharmacopia. This is the coolest show ever. Like, this guy just goes on, just does field work like this on just crazy subjects with a few mushroom episodes. But, yeah, and that's a that's a really crazy one, Amanita. Like, I've, I've, I've listened to a podcast about someone who used that mushroom. Like, it's... There's so much debate over whether it's edible or not, or like basically everywhere you read it says it's toxic and you should, like shouldn't eat it. But it has like some compounds in it that have like ridiculous medical potential, and it's like a, a really untapped into thing. But I just listened to this one podcast about this woman who had this chronic pain or whatever for for decades and just was done with life and finally started using these and basically got her, her brain, body, and life back. And it's it's an amazing thing oh, listening shit. to this. But just another example of something that is going to blow up eventually. This is another mushroom that's been catching the eye of humanity for, for centuries. And yeah, let's not, hope so. Like, like, yeah. That's crazy. Yo, now it's like... I mean, if Santa Claus... Here. Yeah, if Santa Claus was onto these, they must be important. Yo, for real. I mean, like, the man was eating mushrooms and then delivering gifts to children around the world, so. Yeah. That's... That, now, uh, how did I mean, he, how did that what? misinterpretation come out? <laughs> yeah. It's like the guy just tripping balls and just handing out mushrooms <laughs> to, like, children everywhere. Like, hey! It seems like a mushroom would only, would be one of the few things to, you know, motivate someone to do something that's that aspiring and global. 
you know, maybe we he To be fair, you're right. What, yeah. What were these presents he was delivering now? <laughs> oh, who knows? What if it was just a guy who came in and decked out your home with some mushrooms? And I would be very some... thankful. Yeah. <laughs> that would be an interesting, you know. I feel like. Or something. I feel like some people in suburbia would definitely be upset. Yeah. But, well, you know, and you that, win that some, you t- lose some. That ties into my, my Garden Giants obsession. As I had a, <laughs> I've gotten some, some ideas about just really wanting to spread these through my neighborhood. But it might even just start with, you know, giving them out for free to the neighbors and see who wants them and then, you know, look for some, some, some land that isn't being used or anything like that. I don't know. These mushrooms got a lot of potential. I mean, that's how change happens. It starts at home. And I mean, if you can start it in, whether it be your local community or a community or like, even if you could try to work like cities or something and just grow mushrooms in like local parks and green spaces that are currently just being a waste like there's one lot like you know on um it's like lexington and weber there's a vacant lot there on mars and it's been there forever like there's a bunch of like stuff growing in it but like i feel like if like someone were to like actually go in there and like clean it up like you just have like all these vacant lots just pumping out like green energy or food or whatever that like it's just the amount of space that like no one's even walking on it's like you know why don't we just get you know many many pounds of food going here (laughs) mushroom forest you know you could definitely turn it into like if you put all the information into something and could like teach people you could have just like a trail that goes through a mushroom forest mini ecosystem thing where like you could just like walk through it and just like learn to like do that stuff on like a small scale and you know on your way to work you just you know open up the sidewalk uh growery and you know it has a a nice cooked garden giant for you to eat for free because it's just there and you know think of think of homeless people like think of this even if you had one you know stop on the occasional corner of a, a massive urban place that was just using all of its volume to grow something yeah you know with the low maintenance of a robot or something like that is so so easy Exactly. Well, it's even like having like good apple trees, like on streets and stuff instead. But I mean, that'd be so messy. You just have a downtown core just with rotten apples everywhere. Yeah, yeah. There'd have to be some sort of some sort of system, obviously, to keep things. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll. By the time they'll have the robot ready, like they'll be producing fruit. The robots can clean up. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, like the vending machines that have like two bars going across and it automatically like rolls up to the drink you want. Yeah. Like the really quick ones. 
<laughs> so like imagine just a thin wall with those little tubes and the little thing came and snipped off the mushroom that you ordered <laughs> and shot it out the side and just trimmed these fruiting bodies as they went. There you go. Yeah, you, you laugh. But like they like, have in grocery stores now like um like mini farms where it's like growing like fresh herbs so like you could straight up like have like those mini farms and like the robot could be like picking things and it could be the mushrooms too oh man i'm oh, sorry <laughs> the uh, so cool. the essential working heroes of the past year and a half i'm sorry i just stole all of your jobs because we're gonna have vending machines <laughs> with plants and you know your mushrooms and we just yeah sorry guys yeah well you know hopefully if there are people who get put out of work by mushrooms at a minimum, they can just chill and not have to worry about food because it's growing everywhere. You make a very, very valid point. Very valid. No. That's true. <laughs> if we can have mycelium to work with us to, you know, provide a, you know, a, you know, it's, it's like, it's not a, a big ass to have, you know, the environment feeds humans that don't have access to the the gadgets of modern society like yeah. get, that's the thing like not only do they enhance human life but plants and mushrooms just strengthen communities the community goals and and just life in general like i feel like so many it's just so common for obviously like we live in kind of imaginary communities of massive massive amounts of people who pretend to all have you know something in common but in reality don't know anyone and yeah. you know if you could go out and you know meet people that were like getting their mushrooms and potatoes and corn and carrots on the street in the morning like it's just one of those other things that's only going to do good exactly. in so many ways yeah like get to know your neighbors as you're picking your breakfast that'd be cool yeah and I feel like that's just uh, another way to, just uh, another band-aid to some messy aspects of society. For real, though. But, like, I feel like a lot of people got to start thinking a bit harder before, like, anything really good comes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to, that is going to be the goal of the next... The next bit is to get this in people's heads and, you know, I hope some good things come. Hopefully. We will win this mushroom war. We will. We will work with them and let them take over the earth again. <laughs> or go. at least, you know, inhabit it with us in a mutually beneficial relationship. Word. Well, my man, I unfortunately have to snip this one off a little earlier. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it has been an, an hour and 16 minutes, so I think we it are has. golden. We definitely took a an entertaining magic carpet ride through some ideas. Oh, yeah. I mean, I learned a lot. I hope anyone who listens learns a lot. You know, it's you've opened a door to a, a world of mushrooms that I'm definitely going to explore further and I hope a lot more people do as well. Absolutely. Because, like, damn. Yeah, man. 
Alright, you have yourself a... a... Do you have any final remarks? <laughs> just, I'm just talking oh, about Alright, see you out. I'm going back. Get out of here. Yeah. Here's one thing. It's not rock and roll anymore. It's rotten mold. That's what I can't... I didn't come up with that. I can't take credit for it, but that's a good line. I support it either way. <laughs> and yeah. Let the spores sporulate. And the more mushrooms, the merrier. Amazing. Final remarks. All right. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Cursed Media Hub presents the rambles of it's been real. I'm Matt. That was Mushroom Man. Adios. Adios. Thank you, sir.